Welcome to the Chicago Golf Tour Podcast. That's Rob, I'm Tom, and we're going to take you on the journey. What is the CGT? Here we go. All right, folks, welcome back to episode four of the CGT Podcast. What is up there, Rob? What's going on, Tom? How was the weekend? It's good, man. It was good. I uh, got out and played. Um, uh, didn't go great. Um, no? Yeah. Real weird experience, to tell you the truth. Uh, Saturday or Sunday? It was uh, Sunday. Ooh, good weather. Yeah, it was Sunday. Um, great weather. Weather was beautiful. Um, played at a course I've, I haven't played in probably 15 years. Um, Broken Arrow. Oh. Out in Lockport. Yeah. Um, dog track, for sure. 27 holes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a range, but the, the range is closed. Um, the pro shop was virtually empty. It was just really strange, man. It, uh, just like an odd, bizarre day. And then, you know, we got stuck behind some, some older gentlemen that, you know, we pretty much weighed in on every shot, but still managed to get done in like four hours and 20 minutes in a foursome. So, you know, I can't complain. It was a great day. Um, weather was beautiful and that's unfortunately didn't go out, you know, the way I wanted to, but it's probably a wrap for the, uh, the 2021 season here. Well, I mean, Sunday was so nice. You couldn't pass up swinging clubs outside anyways. So yeah. Right. Uh, did you get out? No, but I did, did, uh, do the old sit in the garage, clean the clubs and go through the old bag and, uh, get it all ready. Yeah. It's a little tinkering. So the, the end of the year ritual. The end of the year ritual. Yep. Yeah. I got my, my bag sitting right there. My stinky, uh, dirty ass towels is draped over. I can't wait to wash that. The gloves. The gloves are bad. Yeah. And then it's always fun to, you know, see what you find in your bags, you know, in your pouches, I should say. Uh, I did. I did find a nature value bar. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I saw your little uh, post on the Snickers. That was nice. On the what? On the Snickers with your Snickers. Yeah, I tagged you in it on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was a great Snickers. <laughs> the dog, not so much. Um, I got two dogs at the turn. Two dogs. I should I failed to mention that. I, I'm usually a two dog guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bold move right there. Two dogs. Listen, man, I just need I just need some substance where to you know i'm not like i'm not thinking about food i just need to like fill my my belly and then like yeah and then i just focus on the back nine and like if i'm if i'm thinking about food i'm in a different world (laughs) so but no yeah cleaning the uh cleaning the old bag and and getting those things you know put away for the years um it's always fun but as you know, you know, we'll be out here, you know, on Thursdays letting it rip. So, you know, we'll go from from uh, divots and in, in mud in the grooves to the green mark on the bottom of the sole. That pisses me off at like the range. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That drives me bananas. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Is it the certain type of mat? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so speaking of, um, I saw on Twitter. Do you follow Lou Stegner, the guy who did like a bunch of stats and stuff like that? 
No. He's on just, just, I followed Justin Ray for the stats, but yeah, he's an unbelievable foul. Um, basically, he's all about like, you know, managing his his hashtag is is manage your expectations. Um, he basically he'll put out tweets like, like the one yesterday or this morning was, you know, um, from a hundred yards out, you know, out of five shots, Tiger Woods misses the green 20% of the time. Like amateurs, why are you getting upset when you miss the green? Like man. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I did see that tweet. No, you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's really good. Um, anyhow, he asked about, he was looking for some type of map. Um, and I said, Hey, you know, call your local simulators, you know, that are in your area. What a lot of them do is they'll buy large rolls just because it's cheaper than buying you know, individual mats, and then they'll cut them to size. And then once they wear out one side, they throw it in the back and they try to sell. Them. So uh, IGLA, um, Ace out in, in Orland, I went out there. I was like, hey, do you guys sell used mats? And he's like, actually, yeah. So what, I mean, it's super heavy duty too. I mean, normally these mats online are like anywhere. I've seen them from a buck 60 to like 240. Yeah. Selling them for 60 out the door. Come on. Yeah, super heavy duty, like two and a half inches thick. One side's worn out, but you have one side. Basically, you have three other sides because they're so big, you could just mm-hmm. keep turning it. So that's the uh, that's the steal if you guys are in the in the map market right now. Um, Who did I see on uh, Twitter with uh, was it Matt that put one in his? Is that his garage? Chernowski, yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that. Yeah. What was that? Was that last week's episode? Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he just, he just tagged us on Twitter. What was that? Two days ago. looks yeah. good. Yeah. It looks, it looks sharp. Yeah. He, uh, he said he didn't even really plan on doing it. He like took some stuff down off the wall and then the next thing you know, he, you know, went down a rabbit hole. So good for him. Yeah. No kidding. He's got a nice little workout room. Looked like, you know, right next door and, TV. He's got a good setup. Yeah. Should be good for the tour next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He said he's coming for the top spot. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, we got a, uh, we have a doozy of an episode today. (laughs) And we're talking handicapping. Oh, great topic. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. Not everyone's favorite, but everybody turns into handicap police. You know, as well as I do, the DMs, once, once the leaderboard gets posted, the DMs get hot. <laughs> the emails get hot. Um, yeah, so we're, we're talking handicap, Rob. We're talking World Handicap System. We're talking... Uh, USGA, which is, well, actually, CDGA is one of the 59 allied associations under the USGA. Um, and now everybody falls under the World Handicap System, which is widely used. It's pretty universal. Uh, yep. It was a great move, I think, just to make things a little bit more clear, although it's not very clear. Um 
But yeah. So let's talk handicap. Get into and how it. we and how we use it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you know, general handicapping, um, specifically because we're in Illinois, and you know, one of our uh, requirements is that you know you use CDGA. CDGA takes eight of your last twenty rounds. Yeah. That's how your handicap is determined. Uh, how we do it at the CGT is well, one, if you're a new member, so guys coming in for for 2022, you know, I hate to break it to you, but we don't know yet, and quite frankly, we don't know if your handicap is justified. It's legitimate. I mean, it, it's typically what most private clubs do for like a member guest when the guest comes on and or the, the guest comes into the tournament and he's like a seven people are blatantly pretty open about it. And they're like, well, Hey, fuck you. We don't know you. So you're going to play at a four. Right. So that's, that's pretty much what, how we do it. Um, we have a threshold. It's two. So whatever you come in at. So if you come in at a nine, you're going to play at a seven. If you come in at a seven, you're going to play at a five or typically the first two events. Um, I've only seen it last longer on a couple guys for three or four events, but uh, that's that's how we do our initial vetting process um, by deducting you, you know, two strokes. So, um, what else we do in terms of, of handicapping is, well, it's changing in twenty twenty two, but um, yeah, we'll change that. Yeah, eighteen plus handicaps. So. This this discussion went back and forth, and this could be a a, a separate episode to to be quite frank. Um, you know, in the beginning, we went back and forth about allowing you know people with eighteen plus handicaps to play at the full handicap, and and really it was it was pretty clear. I mean, it was um, unanimous. I would say that you know we just didn't think it was fair to other guys to allow somebody to get two strokes a hole during tournament play. Right. So that's how that came about. Um, I think it was definitely the right call. I think what we're doing in 2022 next season to allow, to open it up to 18 plus handicaps so that they can play at their full handicap in the E-flight is definitely going to be beneficial. Um, But going back, so we deduct new members so obviously, if you were a new member last year and you're playing your second year in 2022, obviously you'll just come in at your your normal handicap. Um, so I think there's just a lot of confusion around just the word handicap. Um, I think I think people think they they tend to know what it means and they don't. I think a lot of people think it's your average. It's not. Um, Handicap is solely your potential. Right. And, and that's a, it's a very um, modest potential, I might say. Um, the best analogy I ever heard, and I believe it was my guy Swains, shout out Swains. And I think he got it from a guy who basically said, if you really want to know what somebody's handicap is, and this is somebody, you know, probably been, most likely you've been keeping a handicap for many, many years is so for example i'm a six 
he said, add four strokes to that. So I'd be a 10. Right. And then that's typically what I would shoot. And that's pretty correct. I shoot around 80 all day. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why that like hasn't been implemented. I I mean, for the most part, everybody that I've talked to all the handicaps that I look at all day, that's, it's pretty spot on compared to your scores. Then it would be more like an average. Unfortunately it's not. And it's all based on potential. Um, So with that being said, as a six, yeah, I shoot around eighties all day. Now with my potential, do I have the ability to shoot 75, 76? Sure. But that's not what handicap is. It's not your average. It's it's all based on your potential. So um, a lot of guys seem to focus on that for whatever reason. And then another thing too, is like along with your handicap, there's this thing called course handicap. So when you go play a specific course, depending on what your handicap is, there's a calculation for it. And actually I'll bring that up now so I get better. Um, I could better communicate this. So this is straight from the USGA website. So course handicap calculation. So that's determined course handicap equals handicap index times slope rating divided by 113 plus course rating minus par. So Rob, if you're, you know, what are you, a nine? Yeah, like an eight point something. Right. So you go play, say, Bose Creek, right? Yep. Whatever Bose Creek's course rating is, slope rating, whatever. Let's just, I'm not even going to throw out a number to, to confuse people. Anyways. What your course handicap essentially means is how many strokes you're getting at that course. Right. If we, if we just want to dumb it down. Sure. That's determined based on this equation right here. It's all could be found on the USGA website. And there's a handicap home, rules of handicapping, which we're in. The course handicap calculator where you guys can come on here and see for yourself if, you know, what we have on our website is correct. You guys can enter in your info here and calculate. And then once you calculate, it will actually bring up an entire course handicap or excuse me, uh, yeah, playing handicap calculator um, to give you more more numbers there. Um, but I know we can, uh, I mean, also they can double check when we use the CDGA, which is nice too, the app. Yeah. So only thing about CDGA is, a lot of their software, a lot of their numbers, and well, let's just start here. A lot of their shit's outdated. So, but to their point, a lot of a lot of course information, believe it or not, is like it's very well hidden, and I don't, I I don't understand that. I know you, um, I know you've been on some calls with LBK. Mm-hmm. We pretty much are like you know, why isn't this stuff so like very easily accessible? I always, I think it's crazy when courses don't have their scorecards digitally on their website. That's right. That's one of my biggest pet. It's, it's like, it's not hard. It's really not. Well, yeah, that, and it's like, well, why aren't, why aren't you doing it? Like, what, what are you hiding? You know, Mm -hmm. is there something like, 
you know, gimmicky about the course? Is there, you know, is it, is it short and you don't want people to know it? Or is it long? You don't want people to know that like what information on that scorecard do you not want people to know? Man, you really drill them down on that one, aren't you? Yeah. It, it pisses me off really bad. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't get it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if I go play a course, I'd like to know what I'm getting into before I go play. Right. You know, especially a new course. I like the, the night before I like to look at the scorecard and kind of, you know, visualize like what I'm going to be seeing. Um, well, I, I know we talked about it before, but that, if you haven't been on the site for the club at Lockhart Bell, that course that we talked about in Wisconsin, their whole course overview is the craziest thing I've seen on the website. It's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Course overviews are awesome. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They get a little it gets dragged out a little bit after like four or five holes. You're like, okay, I've seen enough. Uh, <laughs> right. Or the music that plays along with it. Yeah, mainly, but like, um, yeah, I mean, so, but to your point, yes, they could go look at the CDJ app. Um, there's a course calculator on there as well. Just make sure the info from that course, the specific set of T's we're playing, you know, that event are correct the yardage and stuff like that because we've we've had a couple events and primarily if i remember there was always i think it was belmoral and one other where is it george dunn i thought it was always george dunn for some reason maybe where cdga has the wrong info so last year some things got messed up with that we had to recalculate everything whatever um blue golf pretty much is like the the leader in the in the industry, I would say, on um, having all the club information available, but still, like some of it doesn't match up with the club's scorecard. Mm-hmm. So it's just a weird game, man. I don't understand like why it has to be so difficult to find, or like I don't know. But anyways, um, speaking of sets of tees, that also determines your course handicap. So we've had a lot of guys, you know, especially in the survey, especially at the championship, um, say, Hey, listen, and obviously this is, this is not factual. This is just my personal opinion. Um, they would, they would say one of the things was, Hey, you know, we guys with higher handicaps should be playing from short tees, you know, instead of it being age-based, like how we do it. Um, to me, I just, I don't agree with that. I, I still think there's long hitters that are, are just bad players. Um, I think primarily it's more of an, uh, a physical inability to hit the ball long. Hence when you're 55 or 65, um, to me, I just, I don't think that is fair. And the other thing is if I'm, if I'm moving you up, you're essentially losing strokes anyways. So I don't understand really the argument there. Um, Cause based on the set of tees that we play in an event, you know, also dictates your handicap. Speaking of PCC um, playing conditions calculator, that's also what goes into account. So if you go play on a shitty 20 mile an hour rainy day, right. And you post 
a score that's say whatever, you know, X. It's three, four strokes over than what you typically shoot. Well, PCC takes into account your location. So it will know that you played in some shitty weather. So it will adjust that based on the score you posted. Right. So that's pretty cool. Um, I that's thought our that, last year, right? Yeah, I thought that was probably one of the best things they introduced with the uh, World Handicap System, along with uh, the daily revisions uh, for us, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, the daily revisions are huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. Year one, we were that was, <laughs> that was insane. Year one and two. No. Was it two? No, no. Was it just year one? Just year one. So, I don't think, yeah, no, it was just year one. Because um, I had, well, it might have been year two, but I had everybody's CDJ info. So, I didn't need to wait for the revision. So, I can't remember. But what we're getting at is year one, when we pretty much allowed, you know, any handicap system, well, it was still under two-week revisions. And you know who you are if you're not an email guy. If you're not an email guy, you never sent me your two-week revision. So then when the, the tournament came about and you'd email me, hey, what's my, why is my playing handicap NA? Well, your playing handicap is NA because you never sent me your revision. Therefore, <laughs> I can never give you a playing <laughs> handicap. So that was a nightmare year one. Um, we had guys using Grint, Fairway, Fairway Files, Diablo. Um, it was crazy. So that's when we made the decision, if anybody's ever curious, to go. That's why we made CDJ mandatory uh, year two, so that we could just simply pull every right. handicap. It was all in one place. It literally made our life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to PCC. So, yeah, that's that's all accounted for um, when you play on specific, you know, inclement weather days. Um, and then the daily revision is awesome because you play, you know, you post your score that day. And then the very next day, your, your handicap is revised. So it's, yeah, it's so much more up to date. It's real time. Um, you don't have to wait, you know, two weeks to get a, a true handicap. Um <laughs> But that's 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 pretty much the the gist of of handicapping. There's we could dive into it. Um, we just wanted to give a, a brief overview. I would highly suggest going to USGA and going to the rules of handicapping, as well as the rules of golf, which we'll get to actually next episode. Um, but I thought I'd share a story with you from. Let's see. Was it this past year or the year before? Anyhow, um, I had this guy. I think it was this past year. And like I said previously in the beginning of this episode, the handicap police are a real thing. <laughs> like, you know, when you see it on uh, in Riggs's comment on Barstool and you're like, dude, this guy just gets beat down with comments. <laughs> And, and, part, and part of it is um, I, I can't help myself. I literally, I'll let it roll off for like 
a couple of minutes, but if it's something very specific and I know what this guy's getting at, then it just eats at me. So I can't help myself. So this guy, um, he made up a fake email. The thing is he emailed me like all year. Right. And then he went dark. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, where are you getting at with this? Now I see. Okay. Yeah. So then he created a fake email account, but he still complained about the same thing and the same people. So I basically was like, Hey man, listen, I, I'm not going to talk to you like this anymore. Like you could either call me, we could meet up for like a coffee or like, you know, you could just email me like a normal person instead of, you know, creating a fake email account to literally bitch about somebody that's on your tour. Um, so it's very real. I mean, it happens. Um, again, I, I think there's a lot of misconception with handicapping in general. I don't think people fully understand, like, for instance, the table that we sent out, you know, the last two years. Right. It was actually published in the CDGA magazine. Um, but it's like the odds of, you know, this handicap shooting this and so on and so forth. You could find that in our player handbook. And another guy tell me that he basically what he did is he added up all of one other guys, the guy he was complaining about. He, he just, he took all of those guys scores, put them in a pot and then added them up, um, cumulatively and then divided that to get his playing odds and i'm like listen man that's not how it works that that you cannot do that like that's just preposterous that you think that (laughs) even remotely close to how it worked um so there's just little things like that that have made me laugh over the uh over the years but you know we definitely get our fair share of you know this guy's full of shit he's not a seven i think it's i think people to you know take the championships or the playoffs, you know, there's nerves, you know. That's a that's a that's a whole that's a whole different conversation too. No, I understand that, but I'm saying, you know, people call like, oh, this guy can't be a seven, you know, at the championship and stuff like that. But there's, you know, it's all different circumstances. To your point, though, people handle playing in that that pressure, you know, that type of an environment way differently too. Like yeah. there's some guys that literally don't mind it. And there's other guys that completely shit the bed. Yeah. They just can't handle it. Yeah. And that's primarily why we, you know, we're a a pretty big advocate of, of the pods, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to get you in that tournament, like atmosphere playing with maybe somebody you didn't know. Um, That was the whole reasoning behind it is to get, is to get you out of your comfort zone. Um, that's another thing that's, that's changing next year. Um, basically you're just going to have to play with a new attester for each major. And we're going to call it like that, uh, more to come on that, but yeah. Stop giving stuff away, man. Well, I know. I just, it's hard for me, man. I told you, I can't help myself. Right. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And don't get me wrong. There's, there's some other guys that, definitely knew what they were talking about and brought up some good points. Um, you know, it, it, again, 
we had 494 guys, like a, a lot of, and then here's another thing too, is, is the community, the community policing of the CGT is, is real. There's definitely guys that email us all the time. Like, Hey, just to let you know, this guy never posted his competition. Uh, okay. Thanks. Like, I, I love that. Like I'll never get upset at anybody for that. Um, right. You're not necessarily calling somebody out, but you're being very aware of this guy in, in for whatever reasons, like I I've, I've played before and have posted on LBK and have forgotten to post my CDJ. Like it happens, but a lot of people are, are optimistic, you know, um, mm-hmm. they might see something another way, like, Hey, maybe that guy's not posting for a reason. So there's, there's definitely little things that go into it. Um, but for the most part, you know, over the last three years, we haven't had too many issues. Um, you know, I think we, we kind of nip that in the butt pretty early in the year. Um, mm-hmm. and then the things that have happened, you know, throughout the year have been taken care of, um, whether that's been adjusted handicap or a disqualification or the boot. So, right. I mean, you know, and here's the other thing too. It's not as easy to just look at somebody's revisions and say, Hey, that guy's a, a essentially a, a sandbagger. Like it, it's, it's not that easy. There, there's a lot that goes into it. Like Rob was saying, you could get a guy that will go out and shoot, you know, um, two strokes better in this handicap. And then, you know, turn around the next day and shoot plus eight. Typically I would say just based off of that example, that guy's probably a mid to high handicapper, but it happens because their, right. their, their variability is, is, is much greater. So dude, I, even this year, there was a lot of wild things that happened and, you know, some scores, we literally called the attester and we're like, Hey man, so you played with so-and-so cool. Walk us through that round. Let us know how it went. What did he get on hole four? Do you remember that? I mean, that's part of what, what Rob and I do, you know, um, in the dark alley is we <laughs> is we have to play detective and, and seriously that that happens um we want to know you know people are obviously are are one you know um honoring the game and, and how it's meant to be played and you know listen we're all a little bit older like right if you're if you're looking to come in and you know pull some shenanigans or whatnot like not the place for you right um, well, i mean when there's money involved and everything like that everybody likes to keep everybody honest which they should so absolutely and that's fine you want to go you want to go rake putts in you know a buddy's game you know on a tuesday that's not a turnaround go for it by all means have at it you know network with some guys have beers whatever have a good have a good time but if it's a turnaround and you're raking putts or, you know, not following the rules of tournament golf and somebody calls you out that you're playing with, you shouldn't, you shouldn't act like they're 
coming for your throat. You should be like, oh, hey, thanks. I didn't know that rule. Um, do you mind if I correct it? You know, something along those lines. Right. You know, like we're not the PGA Tour at all. We're not. Even no. no, we're not even close. But we're 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 playing. We're playing tournament golf. We're playing by the rules of tournament golf. So, as you mentioned, there's there's money involved. So you're expected to adhere to a certain set of rules and, you know, a certain way of doing things, which brings me to a point now that I mentioned raking putts. What's with, like, this is another pet peeve of mine. In the last, like, three to five years, for some fucking reason, people have, like, almost praised raking putts because of pace of play. Yeah, and to me, I just don't get that. Yeah, I mean, like what you talk about when you're playing with your buddies or Tuesday, I, I, it's part of the game, you know. I get putting everything out, and you know, I agree with you, um, especially when it comes to tournament play. You know, I think everything obviously has to be putted, putted. Well, so I think this whole pace of play thing kind of, you know gave us guys who play the game and don't get me wrong. I don't always play tournament rule golf. Like on Saturday, we were playing a scotch game and, you know, we were doing like two foot gimmies, whatever. That's fine. I mm-hmm. do it all the time, but in a tournament round and majority of the time I'm playing the game of golf. I don't even need to say tournament golf. I'm just playing the game of golf where mm-hmm. I'm finishing the hole. Right. And I don't, I don't get why that's been so like frowned upon lately in the last three years. In order to speed up your pace of play, well, you're not, you're not even playing the real game if you're doing it that way. In my eyes, some people just don't like a five-hour round of golf, man. I get, but that's not even me. Me tapping in my two-footer is not causing you to have a five-hour round. I'm with you, dude. Yeah. So, anyways, that that's just another one of my uh, my little things. Um, I hear it a lot on podcasts, and it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It just it's how it was meant to be, man. It, it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. Hey, I could see. I can't wait to hear your list of gripes you have with golf. It's a long one. <laughs> Not really, to tell, to, to be honest, um, but. Moving on. Uh, are you ready for the top three? I'm ready for the top three. It's between two questions for you, Tom. Today. What do you got for me? <sighs> well, here, let's determine this. I forgot. When did you start playing golf? When did you really start playing it? Like when I took it up seriously? Yeah. 22? 22. Okay. I'll, go with, I'll save that question for later then. All right. So the question I'll go with tonight is, what are the three must things you need to have in your golf bag in your golf bag huh uh okay i like this one i mean it fits with just cleaning out my golf bag too so okay uh like besides the necessary stuff you're just talking about i'm not talking like golf balls or tees what are three maybe if you call them knickknacks what are three things that you need to have in your golf bag for each round I need to have 
a lighter in my couch. Okay. Whether that's for recreational use or <laughs> for a, a nice cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's big. Plus, I always feel like, you know, there's always somebody, especially a cigar guy who's like, hey, sure. there's always somebody looking for a lighter. Sure. Um, so that's always nice to have, especially, you know, especially you never know, man, you might need it, uh, you know, in survival mode at some point, you know, the, the bags in your car, you got a lighter in your I, car. I, I think it's, I think it, that's a great, that's a great one. Um, what else do I got in there? I have bug spray. I think bug, can I put bug spray slash, um, sunscreen, sunscreen it like, sure. In one. Yeah, 2A, 2B, yep. Yeah, I think those are both huge. Yeah. Although I don't really wear, you'd be surprised, I don't really wear a ton of sunscreen. I probably should. Um, I hope she's not listening. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I always told myself this is just a huge lie, but ever since I was down in Florida, I'm like, oh, I, I gave myself like a base tan. Oh, there you go. That was literally, you know, probably 14 years ago. So, One good burn and you're set for life. Yeah. I mean, um, if I do put it on anywhere, it's like my neck and that's about it. My ears, my head. So I don't get, you know, melanoma up here, although you can get it anywhere in your body. But anyways, um, I actually think bug spray is more important, not healthcare wise, but for me, more important. Um, bug spray is huge. You got to, got to get the nets putting in the uh, in the morning are terrible. I hate that. Brutal. So yeah, you got to have some deet in your bag. Um, and then, so I would probably say, bug spray, um, sunscreen in the three hole. I would probably go lighter in the two hole, and then, hmm, I would probably go speaker. Number one, you know, you always, for me, you know, unless, so I don't really like to have music on when I'm playing a tournament round. Really? Yeah. If I'm, I'm there with a suit on, man, I'm there for business. I'm not, I, I can't, I feel like if I start listening to music, then I start drinking claws and then I start doing some other stuff. And then like my mind is just, it's everywhere. So you don't think about food. You just have two hot dogs when you play to fuel up and you don't like music because you don't want to think about music when you're playing tournament play. I love music. Don't get me wrong. I love music. Like without, if, if we're with the boys and it's an outing or whatever, blasting music all day. Okay. Hip hop barbecue. Um, that's a Pandora station, by the way, if anybody's wondering, it's a great one. And then typically like ZBB is my channel, but yeah, don't get me wrong. Love music. Love love tunes on. Um, shout out Bushnell, Wingman. That thing's awesome, by the way. Yeah, that thing is pretty sick. Yeah, super sick. But if we're talking like, hey, this is my official round, no, I don't want music on. Hmm. I, I want to know what that guy's at on the whole. I want to know where I'm at in the round. I just have a lot of between the ears going on. There you go. Yeah. How about you? Solid three. That is a solid three. Um, man, you threw me off of that speaker because I feel like a speaker is a must. It's a must. So I might, that's going to have to knock off my third and that'll probably be my third. 
a spike speaker would be num in the three slot. Number two would have to be the old uh, gold bond, big walker. Need that. Don't, don't like playing without that now. And then uh, number one would have to be a leave. Take, pop two or three of those right before the round, being old. Good Lord. Yeah. Do you have your oatmeal prior to or after? Uh, afterwards. Don't want, don't want that heaviness in the stomach, you know, playing. I don't hate it. You know, it's, it's honestly, it's better than your, uh, your last top three. That's <laughs> so let's recap. Your three was speaker speaker. Your two was gold bond. Oh, oh yeah. The stick yeah. too. The deodorant stick one, not the powder, the deodorant stick. Really? Oh yeah. That's it's a game cool. changer. That's a game more, changer. That's more intimate. Oh, sorry. I thought we were in the trust tree right now. I, honestly, I didn't even know they made. Oh, not many people do. It's it's great. They just came off it for last season. It's awesome. Yeah. Ask Vince, man. He's uh he's a big advocate of uh, the gold line, especially when he uh, slings the Cubs games. Really? Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty lazy. I don't like walking. Um, I will. Even in big guy weather, when it's July, sitting there sweating your ass off. Yeah, I mean, I just I like walking when I'm at a country club with a caddy who has my bag. I'll walk all day. Yeah, that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I do not enjoy carrying my own bag. Oh no, I I don't care that anymore. Did the old click air greatest investment I. I made. I'll push start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's what my brother says too. But I don't know, man. I just I feel like when I carry my own bag, I have so much going on. Like I put it down, and then I have clubs everywhere. I have like you just I, you're you're just a simple man that doesn't like distractions. No yeah. music. No, you just you want to be in your element in your game. I get it. Want to be zoned in, but I get it. No, I mean I I definitely. Um, enjoy people who like to walk i think i used to like to walk which is crazy and then i went from like absolutely not doing it unless i'm at i'm in a country club for sure obviously i have no choice but um no it, and then again it depends what time of you know what time of the the day we're talking about like who you're playing with like if i'm at a cottage and i'm up there with like seven buddies yeah, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, maybe even grab like three clubs and go play a little par three course or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, but that was a uh, an impressive top three, I must say. That was a very. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I bounced back a little bit. So yeah, you, you did. Hopefully I don't get any clown emojis on I, social media. I, I, I hope you don't either. <laughs> I think you definitely redeemed yourself. All right. Well, until next time, until uh, episode five, we got the rules of golf. That's going to be another another good one, maybe <laughs> another heated moment. Um, but nonetheless, we'll be back, and we'll see you guys in the fairway. See you in the fairway, Tom. See you.